This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Co-hosting today will be Jan Genes and Emilio Donnell. This is our post-match show for the 4-2 Fulham victory against Burnley at Craven Cottage on Sunday. We have much to discuss, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome my co-host back to the show. Mr. Donnell, I'll start with you. I just talked to you yesterday right after the match. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Hi, Russ. Hi, Yanis. Uh, good to have you back. Hello. Um, yeah, it's a, spe- it's a public holiday in the UK here. It's been typical English bank holiday weather, dark, gloomy, <laughs> a bit wet. But you know, what, you know, what else do we need? We've got we're still celebrating a, a th- three points yesterday against Burnley, yes. and, uh, and maybe this is the moment that the rest of the Premier League teams around us start to realise actually Fulham are here and they mean business. It's a great point because I've actually been watching a lot of different shows on the Premier League, and uh, there's a little bit of respect going on right now. I'm glad that you put that, that I've been seeing on several shows, some over here and some from the UK. So it's encouraging. And obviously a victory can do that. But before I do anything else, I have to welcome back Mr. Janaeus. Like I mentioned to you off here, Yanis, people have been looking for you. How you doing? I'm great, mate. And it's been it's been quite the fun weekend. And not forget, I'd like to actually pay, um, I'd like to dedicate this show to Harry the Hornet, who managed to piss Roy Hodgson off royally. <laughs> With this, with this, Luis, you know, was absolutely brilliant, and yet he conveniently forgets, of course, that um, our our good friend Billy the Badger went after Avram Grant just after he became Chelsea manager way many years ago. He conveniently forgot about that. I think he's getting more miserable in his old age. Got to love Harry, but um, what a fantastic weekend and what a great game yesterday. It was uh, absolutely lovely to get off the Schneid and three points and lots of good talking points. There are a ton. Emilio and I were talking about that on the full-time show, and we can spend more time on these talking points because there's certainly a good amount to go through. But, Giannis, I just want to just get your opening thoughts on uh, what you watched uh, on Sunday, and then I'll go to Emilio. Well, it was it was wild and wacky, and and it started really an hour before the kickoff with the with the with the, the announcement of the lineups. I mean, I, we'll I, talk about that. Yes, yeah, that was that was that was quite the shocker. But you know what? Um, the thing that came out of it for me was uh, we know who the boss is. 
he's not going to play. You know, <laughs> forget the fact that Gareth Southgate's going to show up to watch Ryan Sessegnon. He doesn't care. He's going to pick the lineup that he wants. And uh, he's talked about the team becoming better every day at practice. And he's still sizing out what is his best 11. He's still assessing the players that are coming in. And you know what? Apart from a couple of hiccups in the first half, we were very good attacking. It was a really entertaining game. Burnley certainly played their part in difficult conditions. And we got three points. And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. So uh, a very good advert, I thought, for the Premier League. And it's always fun when you can knock four goals past Joe Hart. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm glad that you pointed that out, my friend. What's interesting about this is that Emil and I were talking about this, and when I was talking to the guys on the view of the opposition show, the situation with being in Europe, I think, is playing its effect on Burnley. But still, this is a very good defense from last season. They shouldn't be giving up four goals from Fulham. So I think this is a, more of a credit to Fulham than it is about Burnley. Your thoughts? Yeah, and and, and, and Sean Dyche, after the game, talked about you know the media's point of the fact that you know the Europa League exploits although you know you you fight all year long to get have the pride to actually get to europe and i know they had a tough game down in greece on thursday night and a difficult game and they're playing them obviously thursday but that's why you you get as many points as you do um but they came up against the fulham side that attacked with intent early on helped by an absolute worldly by uh seri yep. and um we kept um really but for a really dodgy decision i thought before half time that tarkovsky goal well, we'll talk about really, we, we could have pummeled them. But, but um, you know what, Burnley, uh, Burnley don't become a bad side overnight. I, think that, I actually think they're going to be just fine. I think, best, I think the best thing for them is actually to lose to Olympiacos on Thursday so that they can focus on the Premier League. And, and we've got some, you know, with Exeter City coming up tomorrow night in, the, in that ridiculous, you know, the, the, the booby prize cup. Um, and then the Seagulls on Saturday. Yes. Um, hopefully the chance of getting two wins pretty quickly. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Over to you, Emilio. Like I've been mentioning, you and I did the full-time show, so it's been about 24 hours since we talked. Thoughts? Anything changed from uh, a day ago? Uh, not really, to be honest. I think the key thing here is, you know, I think the point I mentioned yesterday is we've now got pretty much two players for every position. Yes. So, you know, you know, so the key thing here is we're going to see rotation this season, whether we're winning or not winning, because you're not going to have an unchanged lineup week in, week out. That's first and foremost. Jokanovic has, you know, has always bemoaned the fact that we haven't got enough depth in the squad. We've got that now. So now it's up to him to be Mr. Tinkerman, like many people have been calling him, to actually <laughs> experiment. You know, he's, he's, he's got to try to find his Are best Are you okay patient. with that, Amelia? Hmm? Are you okay if he does tinker from match to match? I am, I am, to be honest. You know, it's not like the championship where, you know, last season we were pretty much free from injuries. We were able to play the majority of, 80% of the same team week in, week out. Um, this year's going to be different. You know, you know, there were, there were tactical changes at the Tottenham game last weekend, and there was tactical changes again yesterday. So the conditions of the pitch, the opposition, the style of football, that will drive the starting lineup. not the fact that last week we beat a team 3-0 at home and then you play the same team the following week. No, you'll have to play a team that will aim to get a result at the away ground that we're playing at. And a lot of it will be t- depend on your opposition, the style of football, the, at the pitch, conditions and so forth. And, you know, at the end of the day, some of those decisions, I get why, why he made them. You know, I think they're, they're sensible, and it's also an opportunity for him to experiment and tinker, as I as I quote some of our fans yesterday. So overall, I've got no issues with that. You know, it, it might not do the heart much good when you're actually seeing a lineup, but now before the game, it's five changes. But sure. I think in the first few games, we're going to start seeing a lot more of that. And you know, he has to find what his best structure setup is, and and play to win the game on the day. You know, that's the key thing. All good teams have. You know, two players for every position, if not right. more. So that's where we're trying to get to. And Jukanovic has now got that. Let's see what what if he's made a man of steel and he's got the balls to uh, to make the changes and stick by them and get the results like he did yesterday. Many people questioned decisions and the, sure. the signing eleven. His answer was, "Well, we actually beat Burnley four two, and it could have been eight two. <laughs> Very interesting. We'll go a little bit more into that when we talk about the starting eleven. But Yanis, I want to get your thoughts on what Emilio just brought up about tinkering, because I'm actually used to this from another sport, another team, the New England Patriots, where they look at the opponent and they play to the opponent and they find the right situations to put certain players in. Do you think that Emilio might be on to something with Slavisa? He might be matching up against the opponent to find the right players because now he has a little bit of depth here. I think it's absolutely spot on. It's horses for courses. I think that uh, if if you're a team like City or Liverpool, 
you're going to put out fairly a strongest lineup every every week because you're going to rely on teams having to worry about what they do. But we're newly promoted, so every every adventure is going to be a little bit different. And he's going to look at some game tape of all these teams, looked at Burnley and said, okay, what's going to be the best matchup? Case in point, you know, Zamba and Gisa, we all thought was going to start. But what does he do? He puts K-Mac in, you know, and um, and that turned out to be a, that actually turned out to be a, um, a really good decision. Dennis Adoy brings immediately back in, so Chambers has to make way. So, you know, I mean, who, who would have given money that Vieto would be starting? Uh, I mean, he automatically thought, well, Seth is going to get a chance. But that's not the way it worked. And, um, uh, you know, it, 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 that, that, this is why um, um, Slava's really made it, is making a name for himself as a really quality manager uh, in terms of not just prepara- game preparation, but in terms of in-game management. And um, I, th- I think this was, I mean, I know that the heads probably started rolling down the hills when we saw the lineup, but as it turns out, he still kept his best players out there and right. um, he selected them. And it was a lineup that gave Burnley all sorts of fits. And uh, whether they played Europa League, you know, in Piraeus, Omsk, Tomsk or Nomsk, it wouldn't have mattered because we gave them the runaround and um, there was lots of energy and lots of speed in the lineup. So it's, he, every, I mean, Brighton, I think, will be a different... Uh, Exeter throw it out because he's, he's going to bring in 11. I think he'll, he'll make 11 new changes. But Brighton, he'll put out a different lineup than he did against Burnley. Um, and again, it'll be based on the game tape that he sees. So to me, that's good management. And I think uh, Teddy's uh, got it bang on there. I think uh, Emilio could be on to something. That's why I wanted to talk a little bit about that. It's very interesting that he went right there, and we'll talk about the starting 11 because that was a shocker for me in just a bit. But before we do that, let's talk about what the managers had to say after the match. Let's start with Sean Dyche from Burnley. I'm just going to read some quotes. It's actually right on the Burnley website. They're very interesting. This is what Dyche had to say after the match. Quote, they were the better side for most, if not all the game, and there were signs that they have invested the 100 million pounds well. Some of their pockets of play were very good, and they got off with a good goal. It's hard to question the players too much for that, and we reacted well and got a good goal through Jeff. I'm pleased for him because he's been a bit of a shining light for us with his performances. But then we gave away two awful goals very quickly, after getting another back, we were still in it, and we remodeled it slightly at halftime with Johan going off. But I never try to call it anything other than honest, and today they were the better side. And those are quotes from Sean Deitch. I'll go to you first, Emil. Your thoughts of what uh, Burnley manager had to share after this match? Yeah, yeah you know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I've always got a lot of respect for Sean Deitch. I've you know, always admired you know, what he's done with limited funds, limited budgets. He got Burnley twice up from the from the Championship to the Premier League. He took them seven plays last season. He's a very shrewd tactician. Plays a bit like Chris Hewton. Plays you know plays a certain system. Very difficult to break down. Difficult to beat. You know, very. I don't expect anything different from him to be other than being honest. You know, hands down, the best team won by a country mile. There were other interviews I've heard, not necessarily the quotes that you've just mentioned, where there yep. were some, I don't know, some some I don't know, some undertones from his voice as if to say. Well, actually, they've spent a hundred million quid, I Fulham, and you know, no, they've got, you know, they should be performing at that level, and that's why they 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 beat us comfortably. You know, I've seen other, you know, some undertones from him, which slightly disappointing if you listen to some of the other interviews for from other journalists. So, but overall, you know, it's it's a, it's a courtesy. He's very much like Chris Hewton. Chris Hewton, if he does, if he loses to a better team, he'll tell you that. And Sean Dyche is exactly the same. Yeah. But you know, but at the end of the day, we we did win comfortably. He's, he's not said anything on those quotes on toward, but other other journalists that he was interviewed by, there was an element of a bit of not jealousy, but as if to say, well, full of you know, you, that's the least you should be doing. You should be beating teams like us because you spent hundred million quid and we spent hardly anything. <laughs> so yeah, so there's a slight disappointment in some of those interviews and quotes from other journalists. But overall, I didn't really expect much else from Sean Dyer than being totally honest. That's what that's the type of man he is. I totally agree, and uh, it was just nice to hear that. Your thoughts there, Giannis? Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, uh, I mean, he's honest enough to admit that, that you know we obviously played well. We were the better side, and and and, and that was refreshing. Um, you know, he can uh, Deitch can obviously envy the sort of money that um, uh, we've been able to spend. But I mean, you, you know, sometimes you, you you spend money, you throw money at old rubbish. 
and um, you've got to get uh, you've still got to get value for money. And um, it, I got the, the the impression he was really impressed with in terms of you know the um, the quality of play and and considering you know the players that we do have our lineup right now. Um, it's really, really exciting. Ultimately, really, they were they they were beaten by the better by the better side. Our midfield, I thought, was was very, very good. And um, we be honest, Scott, we do have a makeshift makeshift back four with players like Le Marchand, who's still trying to get used to the pace and the physicality of this division. So, honest assessment for sure. He'll be disappointed in in the defeat. But but he also knows you know I think he knows that they've got enough quality in terms of the organisation. He's a manager I think who's destined for bigger and better things uh, down okay. the line. I think he's uh, and um, it. But you're right as you said it is refreshing when you hear managers at least at least compliment um, the opposition as opposed yeah. to say well we were crap and um, we lost the game as opposed to they won it. Very good there, my friend. All right, let's now talk about what Savita had to share. And this is what he had to share after the match. Here are quotes from him. This is on the phone website, head coach reaction. Here it is. Quote, we played well today. We must work hard daily at the training ground and look for our best performance. We played bravely. We showed ambition to score the goals, and we showed ambition to push forward and look for a second, third, and fourth. This fourth goal, from my point of view, arrived a little bit late for us, between the third and fourth, we had many chances to finish the game off, but fortunately we scored the goal and killed the game. This performance and this victory is a big boost for us in this moment. We can be satisfied with our performance today. I don't want to think about negative things now, but we know there's a lot of room ahead of us for improvement. We must keep going, work hard at the training ground, and be available to find our best way to win games. I made five changes this afternoon. These 11 players I chose today performed really well. We must immediately show desire to work hard and push all together to try and be at our highest level for the next game. I try to find the best solution to win the game. Sometimes the plan works. Sometimes it doesn't work. We are not kids. This is the highest level of professional football. We must show humility, push hard, and fight. This kind of performance encourages me, my team, the people in the stands. Okay, those are quotes from Slavisa. Over to you, Giannis. What stands out for you? Um, one of those famous adages: "When you win, you're never as good as you think you are." Um, so he's, you know, he'll he'll glorify momentarily in the fact that we got the three points and it was a nice performance. But he knows there's a lot of room for improvement, and they're going to be much, much tougher teams coming down the line, and much and certainly more um, significant games as well. So he's. Um, what I like about Slavisha is um, his deportment is very terra firma. You know, he's, he doesn't get too high when we win. He doesn't get too low when we lose. You know, he keeps things in perspective. Yeah. And and probably he's he's probably turned around to the players and you know, and said, oh, nice job. Now game's over. We got excellent City on Tuesday night. That's our next goal. And I think that's and that's really what good management should be all about. So that's um you know he won't let it get to his head. And I think that's excellent. And uh, he was right. We, we we played well, but there's certainly a lot of room for improvement. And that's why he talks about improving each and every day on the training ground. Okay, very good. Over to you, Emilio. What stands out to you? Doing basically the opposite of what Jose Mourinho would do. If that was Mourinho, he, he would still say, you know, we deserve to win. We played well, <laughs> but our defence was absolutely crap. So <laughs> that, that will be a Jose Mourinho quote. Jukanovic much more measured, you know, yeah, glorifying, you know, the fact that we got, you know, got the three points, first win in the Premier League. He knows there's still room for, a lot of room for improvement, should I say, and uh, he'll know where the weaknesses are. You know, the point he made there about making those five changes is, he said it, this, he made those changes to win this game. Right. To my earlier point, you know, he will make tactical changes or rotational changes to win the game at in you know, that they've got on that day. And he will have to continue finding ways of working different systems playing to different formations, et cetera, et cetera. So he's going to have his hands full this season. He'll have to earn his bucks. And, you know, when the chips are down, you know, has, you know he's got to, you know, get the, get the team G'd up again and focus on the next game. And that's, and that's, I think I said it last week, that we will lose probably more games than we win, is how you pick yourself up from those defeats that's right. and recover the following game, put the team out that's capable of win, beating the team against you and, and getting three points and then moving on to the next game. So you've got old saying, you've got to take each game as it comes, but, all we could do is put a team out there to be, a, you know, a, an organised Burnley team. We effectively battered them 
And, you know, he'll be very pleased with that, notwithstanding the fact that there are harder teams to play, like Yanis said, in the, in the coming weeks and months. And, you know, you know, as long as we pick up points against the teams around us, that's the key thing. Sure. Beat the teams around you don't, and perform well against the top six and we'll be fine. But if you don't perform well against the top six and struggle to beat the teams around you, that's when we start. Then you should start to get nervous. But we did what we had to do. We, we boosted our goal difference. It could have been better. You know, we could have scored a lot more, but I'll take a 4-2 win. And Jukanovic is no mug. He knows there's there's a lot of work to be done, especially in defence, where, you know, he's got a few challenges there with injuries. Yes. And that's that back four, anything but his, his ideal back four. Okay, very good there, my friend. What's interesting about him, and yeah, I already talked about it. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's very measured in whatever he does. And uh, I find his uh, quotes fascinating in just the way that he approaches uh, – each and every game. So very interesting uh, analysis from the two of you. But let's now talk about the starting 11 because I was thrown for a loop, Emilio. And so I want to look at this two ways with you. First of all, your initial thoughts when you saw it and then how it actually played out, the starting 11. Because at the time, I was very concerned. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I was worried when I saw that starting 11. But I have to give uh, Savisa a lot of credit because it worked. Yeah, it's... You know, yeah, the thing about it is when you make five changes to a team, there's always a bit of nervousness around that because I don't think we played particularly bad away to Tottenham last week, but that's a different game, different size pitch, different conditions, different opposition. Um, so therefore, you know, I'm not surprised if we didn't make changes. If I look at the ones that weren't made, Bettinelli starting, you know, I'm, I was surprised by that. I know there's been a lot of speculation, gossip in the last two or three weeks. You know, some fans think he should have started at the beginning of the season. Others don't think he's a Premier League keeper, but I was surprised that he started yesterday. And the fact that Fabric didn't actually have a bad game against Tottenham. But, you know, the manager's made his decision. And, and Midley Bettinelli didn't have much to do other than pick the ball out of the net twice. Um, the Kevin McDonald thing I said yesterday, I think he, he was a right player on a heavy pitch against a physical team. Will he start away to Brighton against a more organised and disciplined team? I doubt it. So, but, you know, he was brought in right. to do a job and did, a, and did an average job yesterday. You know, the one, the one surprise, maybe Sessignon, you know, that was probably one I was surprised with. But at the same time, he's been very average the first two games of the season. So, you know, is is he a guaranteed starter every week? No, he's not. And Kanovic has made a point of that. At the end of the day, we've got two players for every position, as I said earlier. Sessignon's not guaranteed a starting position week in, week out. If you don't perform, you, re- you get rested or you make tactical changes to win the game. And look, without Sessignon, we won 4-2 and it could have been a lot more. So... You know, just a little reminder, no player is guaranteed to to play in week in, week out. You have to earn your right and, you know, you have to expect some disappointments. But overall, there were a couple of surprises. But, you know, I think on the whole, you know, it's to see, you know, it's good that he made, he had the balls to make the changes. And, you know, yes. the end of the came up trumps. It's very interesting because I'm being honest, when I looked at it an hour before, I was concerned, very concerned, because I I was thinking, what is going on here? But... He's the manager. He sees these players in training. He knows what he's doing and uh, his plan and the players. It worked. So I have to give Slavisa a good amount of credit for making this decision with, with the starting 11. And Giannis, I wanted your thoughts on that. Uh, Emilio already touched about some of these players. I, I want to talk about a few that surprised me. Uh, obviously, Bettinelli was a little bit of a surprise, along with Adoy. Adoy was a surprise for me. I wasn't expecting that. And another surprise was Vieto. I wasn't sure how that was going to work, but I thought it worked out very well. I thought he played well. But those were the surprises for me, along with obviously everything else, because like we're talking about, there were five changes. And uh, I agree with Emilio. This was a ballsy decision. At the time, I was not in favor of this, but it worked. Yeah, and where was Coley Woodrow? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was. And I'll tell you why. It's probably testament to the amount of work that's been done on the training field that players have stepped up and worked hard. You know, and and um, and Emilio is absolutely right. Cesc has been average in the first couple of games, and and Slavis has looked at what's happened in training, and he's gone, okay, we're going to give Vieto a go. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. This is this used to be the the Brian Clough way. He would, you know, he'd say if you don't work hard on the training field, don't expect to get picked. I don't care. I don't care what you do on Saturday. You have still got to put it in, practice in, practice out, because you you play as you train. You train hard, you'll put it in in the game. If you don't, you won't. And he put out a lineup that worked very, very hard yesterday and um, answer, asked a lot of questions of Burnley. I thought it was brilliant. It was, 
Yeah, they were. I mean, if you'd said to me six months ago, Dennis Adoy would be starting yeah. centre back, I'd probably laughed at you. But then that'll tell you. I'll tell you the, the sort of work this and and it's a kick up the the ass really for players like you know Christie and and and, and Johansson and and Camera and and, and Sessignon that uh, and Chambers they got to you know they got to they've got to do the job and and That's look right. who didn't make the job the the bench uh, Rui wasn't there and and um, Naiskins wasn't there I think uh, Floyd Aite was lost spotted at a bus stop tripping over a pencil so. <laughs> He's probably in some uh, casualty ward somewhere, um, but he's going to reward people that work hard in practice. And hey, I don't know. I'll never ever have a problem with that. Yeah, and that's what's uh, great about this because he does have this depth that he can actually mix and match to play the players that he wants out there that he feels uh, can win the game. And uh, this is five changes, and like I said, it worked because. The score was four to two, and Emilio and I talked about this. It could have been much more than that because we've created so many opportunities. We'll talk about that in the stats, but let's go through the first half, and we'll, I'll go back and forth with you guys with some key moments. Uh, and phone came out strong. Two minutes in, you have the shot by Sherla that just goes wide. And Giannis, I will give you the honors to talk about the goal from Seri. Emilio and I talked about it last night, so I'll now go to you. Just talk about this wonder goal, my friend. I was dancing across the living room. <laughs> um, I went, oh my, well, I, I won't repeat what I said. Talk about quality goal. Jesus, mother Christ. No, keep, no, no keep was going to, uh, and Vieta actually set it out, the pass. Yep. And, and, and the first touch, you know, he took the touch and he's just hammered it. And Slovenia was bang on, you know, in the post-match conference. He said, that's not the sort of thing we expect from Seri. Um, but he's made such a massive impact. Somebody tweeted last night and I, I think we're all going to sort of mull on this statement, but said, I can't remember who was said that, that Seri, he thinks, could be the best player we've ever signed. Wow. Now, we spent a lot of money on him, and let's not forget he was, you know, he was on the verge of joining Barcelona last year. But man, what an absolutely quality player. And that was a fantastic strike. It what was. a superb strike. And um, the one thing I noticed is that we're, will, you know, confidence of players to take shots. Andre Schurler, um, you know, uh, it sounds to me like he's a complete antithesis of the, what he was doing at Dortmund. He's all of a sudden the confidence has changed. He's taking shots on net, um, and he's he's giving he, uh, Slav is giving these players a lot of self belief. Seri isn't known for his shooting. You know, he's a passer, but but he's just he's just teed it up and and wow. Hart yeah. is watching it going down the M1. He's still trying to find the ball. <laughs> it's a fantastic strike, and it gave us it gave us a, a wonderful lead early. On. Unfortunately for us, it didn't last long. It didn't, my friend. And, uh, Milo, I'll go to you. We've already talked about this on the full-time show, but let's talk about it on the post-match show. You have the goal by Hendrick that started off with an unfortunate mistake by Le Marchand. So walk us through what you saw here. You were at the match. Yeah, precisely that. You know, Marchand, you know, pushing up. We're playing high up the pitch very often yesterday. And that was that was another something, I, you know, obviously many people commenting on yesterday. But, you know, the fact that we're playing very expansively, you know, we were playing a very high line at times. And yes, that was a good example. Marchand carrying the ball forward, you know, cheap ball he gave away. And Burnley pressed with numbers. They, it was three against two at one point. In their defence, they 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 managed to, to, to score. You know, it was, it was well, it's not, I won't say fortuitous, but the finish wasn't convincing. But at the end of the day, they had three, they had a man up. You know, you know, Adoy had to compensate for the fact that Le Marchand was, you know, was caught in no man's land. And, uh, you know, we gave away a really, really cheap, sloppy goal, you know, just only, what, five, six minutes after we took the lead. So all that good momentum, we could have been 2-0 up at that point as well because we weren't yes. dominating and Burnley barely got out of their half. But, we, you know, we gifted them. That, that was their first opportunity, Emilio. Yeah, they, they, they didn't show any. They just they didn't get a chance. Fulham were pressing and pressing for the first 10 minutes. Gave away, again, a gentle reminder, you give away sloppy balls in, in your own half, you're going to get punished. And if that, yes. you know... The fact that Burnley can punish us, God knows what a top six, top eight team can do as well. Not totally this, I'm not discrediting Burnley because they finished seventh last year, but you won't know, use what I'm trying to get at. You know, yes, I do. Good, fast teams who press in numbers, and, th- and when you've got a man up, we're going we're gonna to pay the price and we have to ride our luck. But yesterday, we didn't ride our luck with that goal. And it's another reminder don't give away cheap balls because good teams will punish you. It's a wonderful point, Emilio, because you can be on top, and if you take your eye off the ball, you can get burnt, and that's what we saw here. It was an unfortunate moment. Now, 
it's 1-1 at this point, and uh, you're thinking, how did this happen? But it did, so you have to give Burnley credit for taking advantage of uh, their opportunity, their mistake by fall. And now we're at 1-1. But after that, we have some opportunities from Fulham. And uh, Giannis, you've already been talking about Shirley. He had a couple in the 22nd and the 33rd minute. Then you have a shot by Mensa in the 35th minute. So Fulham were definitely on the front foot. It was 1-1. And then you have the two goals in two minutes. And uh, I'll give you the honors, Giannis, to talk about the two goals. You have the first one that was something that they worked on the training ground, the goal by Mitrovic set up by Sari and Kearney. We'll talk about that. And then you have a beautifully set up two minutes later from Vieto cross that Mitro puts in the back of the, of the net and a nice header there. So talk about the two goals, your thoughts. I agree with Emilio. You can't give away cheap balls. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Teddy, you just made my day there. Um, the first one was brilliant. I mean, that's just, that's just tic-tac-toe. And that's, um, and you, you know, well, it was just sheer, it was just sheer bloody quality, right? Sheer quality, and um, Mitro right there on Johnny on the spot to to nod it in. Kearney doing what he does best, and um, and then of course we went um, we, we you know we went back up the field and, and did it again, and um, again it's the waiting you know it's the waiting of the pass from Vieta, absolutely superb. Oh, it's great, and, and mm. the heart is flapping like a like a. Um, he could like do a, nothing on that, Giannis. No. But the interesting thing, you know, back to the, the goal that we conceded. Yes. The Marchand's going to took a lot of heat for the for the goal up there. But if you look at the the, the, the um, uh, you know, the poorly executed pass. But I thought our recovery wasn't good enough. And if you look at yeah. where um, we ran into trouble, Dennis Adoy has decided he's going to pray to God kneeling in front of the player, which I thought looked a little a little silly. I might have dived in front. It just looked a little bit slow motion for me. And it looked and it looked a little bit uh, slack, so to speak. I think I mean you you make a mistake, but I think a mistake like that really shouldn't have been punished the way it was. It wasn't. I don't think Burnley are the quickest transitional team in the world, and uh, but they still managed to make a complete nonsense of, of what we were trying to do, do mm. defending in the box. Nonetheless, yeah. uh, the two finishes by Mitro are absolute quality, and my wife and I were having a right old um, ding dong about this last night because I said, look, Newcastle. Um, I've scored two goals in the league this year, and Mitro has now scored three. And uh, I said they, they look like right jackasses. And she said, "Well, you know." But obviously, he didn't see. And I said, "Well, uh, this is a guy that's won a Champions League." I said, "If you, this is the way it goes. If you've got good players, you find ways to utilize their strengths." And I, I'm that's sorry, right. what 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 old Rafa's done is he's not done that. And now 20 million looks really on the cheap. And meanwhile, yeah. this donkey's gone and got Salomon Rondon. I mean, Rondon. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, no. It's, it's it, and that's the mark of good coaching is utilizing, utilizing your talents and getting involved. One of the things about Mitro, um, you know, he'll get a lot of the applauds uh, for for scoring two goals yesterday. But one of the things he did I did a lot really more than that, though. Oh, he did. His his movement off the ball was slick. I thought his running into channels was outstanding. Um, he was hungry for the ball. His first touch was good. He was dragging defenders with him. You know, he looked a real quality player, and he just looks so energized. You know, playing playing on this team, and um, it's not a fluke. You know, he you no. can tell tell he's working hard, and 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 the players are working with him. And there were two good goals, and and he could and he admitted he could have scored more, of course. But no. um, totally nonetheless, we go three yeah, one up. You know, we think we're coasting. You know, you know, the thing as well, as well, that's something I'm noticing is in the first three games of the season is he's not getting the rub of the green when it comes to refereeing decisions. No, you know, not. I'm seeing often that's he's being hugged, he's getting pulled. He's, he's, because of his physical strength, height and build. He's not getting the calls. He's not getting the decisions. And that's either no. because, you know, he's got either whether the referees are starting to get a view that this is a guy who maybe likes to fall over quite easily, etc. He's not that type of player. But he's not getting the rubber of the wind. Three consecutive games I've seen him where there's been two or three decisions each game which have gone against him. You know, that's a great that's, point. That's something we need to we need to be mindful of because yeah. on another day when you're fighting to to win the game rather than to, to keep the lead, that could be crucial if you don't get the penalties that you expect or the free kicks outside the box or f- your fouls go the wrong way. There was a few of them yesterday. And to be honest, thankfully they didn't they didn't count against us. But on another right. day. 
you know, we may pay the price for that. So that's something we need to keep a, keep an eye on because I'm not happy the fact that he's not getting that he's not getting the decisions going his way. But I think that's because of his physical height. He's just too too big a bully. And, and you know what? It's a good right. point. You guys a great issue there as well, maybe a great issue because you know coming from the perspective, you know, this is my first year, you know, full time doing cricket umpiring, and you know, in my, you know, in terms of the role that I have to fulfil, it's not, it's about, you know, I don't have the benefit of VAR, okay, I can't just point to the television, but I have to make the right call, and and, and it's not a case of you know it, the perspective thing. If if I think that a man is is LBW, if I think if I think it's pitched outside the off stump, right. And it's going to go down leg. It, I don't look at the player who's scored a century in the last game. I give, I give what's the right decision. And it may not be the pop, most popular, but it's the right one. And that's what pisses me off about referees. Because you've got to give the decisions. I mean, yeah. for years and years, we've talked about attacking and defending set pieces. Where basically, strikers are getting wrestled in the opposing penalty box. You've got, you've got a referee and two linesmen, and they're standing there like dead ducks. Make the bloody call. Make the right call. Make I the agree. right call. If, honestly, if, I totally agree. Honestly, if Mitro's getting pulled and hacked and elbowed, bloody will call it then. Because you know what? If you start calling it, these players won't do this anymore. And that's, that's right. And that's what you want. And you want consistent. You want the right calls, but you want consistent. Well, you just said the word that you want. You want consistency, consistency across the board. Team. Yeah, yeah. And we don't. I don't think we get enough of that. And I think in some. I think rugby. I think rugby does it well in terms of you know the ability to look up. Says cricket has. You know, on the whole, done a good job. I know, um, as examples, football. Over, you know, over here, uh, football does. I think it's the right thing. But yeah. you know, I, I'm getting fed up of. It's not just Mitro. It's many, many. You know, many players are just are allowed to take liberties. Allowed to take liberties, and they get away with it. And to me, it's just it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, and it it goes against the spirit of the game. So Amelia's right. You know, yeah. first three games, a lot of calls should have been. Made for him, and he's not getting the rub of the green. So hopefully the the referees are maybe the, hopefully the referee reports are going back, you know, and saying you know a lot was missed here, a lot missed here, and it, it just hopefully yeah moving forward that yeah we see an adjustment because it, it's a great point. And Emilio's on the ball tonight. He's bringing up all these great points for us to look at, and this is one of them that I wasn't even thinking about. But it's it's wonderful point because I remember watching it during the match. It's very good by you. It's funny because now we're going to talk about. Some situations, Emilio, I'm going to go to you that are referee decisions. Here's the first one. It's the goal by Tarkowski off of the corner, and uh, it makes the score three to two. Now, I told you I, I, I got a view of this right afterwards. I saw the replay. You live, you know, again, you, you had a view on it. What are your thoughts about this goal? Listen, it's a bad goal to give up, but was this offside in your opinion? Running, it was right in front of me. My automatic reaction is the player who was offside was a guy who wasn't interfering with play. So I didn't think it was as clear-cut as fans around us. Obviously, fans will always bemoan the fact there's a goal against and if anything looks, looks, resembles like an offside or a foul. But I didn't see an obvious offside directly in front of me when I saw it first time around. You look on replay after replay, there's a marginal offside. Not, not convincing, there's a marginal offside. But it wasn't the most obvious offside. If you're a referee without the luxury of VAR and your lino who didn't particularly have the best of games, didn't give decisions our way, etc. You know, it's it's disappointing. But I reflect more or less on the fact that it was offside, but more the way that we didn't defend that ball well enough. Right. That's the issue. Right. We you have know, to talk about that, obviously. Decisions will go our way. Decisions will go against us during the course of the season. They always, the old saying is they even themselves out over the course of the season. But... You can't defend like that against any team in this division. You will be punished. And if you haven't got a decision in, in your favour, whether it's offside or not, or a foul or not, double trouble. So my view is marginal offside, but I had to see it two or three times in the luxury of my own home on, on replay. But you can't defend like that and get away with it at this level. It's a great point, the way that you put it, because it, you have to blame form for the way they defended. And we could talk about was it offside, but it starts with... The defending. So I'm glad that you tackled that situation that way, my friend. Over to you, Giannis. Let's talk about what happened in the 42nd minute because we're talking about referee decisions. And there were a couple in this situation that involved Mitrovic. Yeah. I've seen the replay. It looks like there's potential handball there in the box. And then you had a situation on Mitrovic himself. So what are your thoughts about both of these situations within the box there. Do you think either one deserved to be a penalty? 
both of them could have been. Okay. But then, but then, but then again, you're talking about the lack of consistency. Um, and then back to that, that the, the offside call. I, I, um, Tarkovsky got it was, it was marginal. But but having said that, um, when Slava got back on the training field this morning, I'm sure one of the first things he said was, "Look, we've scored two in three. We're three one up on them. They've just come from a long trip to Greece. It's been fruitless. They're tired." We let them right back in. And we let them right back in. And we gave them life. And we gave them life because yeah. we were sloppy. You know, and uh, in this division, if, you, if you're playing my old team, Ipswich Town, you'll get away with it. But if you're, if you're playing against, it doesn't matter if you're Burnley, West Ham, Liverpool, or Chelsea. You know, if you, if you, you take your foot off the pedal just for a moment, they'll burn your asses. And, um, Absolutely. Emilio's right about this whole thing because, again, I'm watching. I'm thinking, well, that's offside, but... The bigger issue is Fulham's defending, and that's where it has to start. And I'm glad that you talked about what Slavisa probably did today, Giannis, because that's ultimately you shouldn't put yourself in that situation. Yeah, and I think he and I and I, I bet uh, Slavisa would have been very upset about that goal because yes. um, it was it was a sloppy one to concede, and it's actually beautiful fuel for him because he can turn around and go, well, you know what, we've won that game, but we've still conceded two questionable goals. So therefore, we're clearly not the finished article. And clearly, it means we have defensive ineptitude. So we need to, everybody needs to work harder because because if I'm in that kind of mood, I'll change all 11 players for le- next Saturday and let alone Exeter City. That's beautiful. It's the fuel. That mistake right. and that goal is the fuel that he will need to say we've got to get better. And yes. that should keep everybody on edge. Everybody on edge. That, that might be the positive to come out of this. Is to me, it is. A bad situation like that, hopefully it becomes a learning situation where you don't Absolutely. have that happen again. And that was Absolutely. championship defending. That's championship defending. You know, Absolutely. We're not, anymore. not good enough. Not good enough. No, it's it's not. a great I... point by both of you because when I look at it, here I am. I'm concentrating too much on the offside where I should be concentrating more on the poor defending because that shouldn't happen like Emilio just said. It's championship defending. It's not going to work in the Premier League. They need to fix it. Yeah. All right. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the second half. Before we do, Emilio, you were there. What, what were your thoughts going into the second half? Um, I thought we – I still was convinced we'd win the game. I think we – I still felt we could score more goals. Um, it was a little bit gut-wrenching to go in only one goal up. After, you know, fairly dominated, you know, you know, large spells. We dominated that first half, you know. Yeah, so, you know, we maybe like I said, a couple of decisions. You know, Mitrish maybe should have had at least one penalty there. And again, it's one of those things where, to my earlier point, he's a big man. You know, it is it, it take it will take a lot for him to fall over. So maybe referees will start to psychologically think, well, actually, this guy's making a meal of it. Similarly, when yeah. he's challenging an opposing defender because he's a physically the stronger guy. Yeah, but he's in a no-win situation. A little bit mini push or a mini fifty-fifty yeah. challenge, he's going to get the decision to go against him because he's yeah. a, a bigger man. And the opposing player falls over. So I was disappointed that we weren't up by two goals because, you know, we just needed to keep it tight, you know, defend comfortably, and we would have gone in with two a two goal leads. So that we went in that second half, albeit I was confident we would win. You're still biting your fingernails, you're still nervous because Burnley, you know, they're only one goal did anything can happen. Because either penalty, because you know, another set play, and you know, it could be three three before you know it. So yeah, you go in not as comfortable as it could have should have been. Okay, very good point. All right, let's now go into the key moments in the second half. It starts off with uh, Mitro has an opportunity header in the 48th minute that goes over. And then you have, in the 55th minute, Shirley's shot that hits the bar. This is one of many opportunities from Andre Shirley. He had one in the 56th minute as well. And uh, Emilio, I then want to go to you because then there was the situation that I talked to you about with uh, Shola's yellow card. Now, have you had a chance to look at this? Yes, Not I at have. the, you know, again, we talked about you being at the match. Did you have an opportunity to watch this back now? Yes, I did. And, you know, from where I stood, it was around the halfway line. It, it looked like a reaction. You know, Shola wasn't getting, you know, he was, you know, all over that pitch, second half in particular. He had a, he had a, he had a stormer all game, admittedly, but, uh, you know, he was desperate to score a goal and, you know, he's sudden, you know, he's, he's going from left to right from close range from long distance. He was determined to score. And, you know, at times a little bit selfish, but I'm OK with that. When you when you when you're confident and you're you're not afraid to shoot, I'm OK with that. But that, that was that was foolish because from where I stood, I saw I, I, what I saw initially was, did he actually re, re, retaliate there? 
because I saw some something then, and Burnley players didn't like, you know, reacted quite badly to that. So it was a bit of a talking point amongst the subs. Like, what did he do there? It's only when I saw the replay, I, you know, maybe another day he could have got a red card for that. Yeah, he could have got a red card. He re, he, re, he responded, and he shouldn't have done that. Should have known better. But that's you know, I'm uncharacteristic. But on another day, if if it, you know, if the referee was had a better sight of that, that could have we could have been penalised. Got a red card, and we might have had a different result at the end of the day. I thought we were fortunate there. Giannis, mm. your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah, I thought we were fortunate too. And and another ref might have given a red. A red. Um, and I'm going to give a lot of credit to Sherla for being as keen as mustard, because he's <laughs> um he's come over. His, his, his attitude has been absolutely fantastic. This kid wants to play. And what about talk about a masterstroke from um from the Khans getting him on a two year loan? It's crazy. crazy. Daylight, daylight bloody robbery. He just needed a change of environment. I've never believed that players become bad overnight. I thought he was a I thought he was a pretty good player at Chelsea, but didn't check really out his interview him. on Form FC. Yeah, it was excellent. Check out his interview. He's a happy bunny. He's a happy yes. bunny, and he wants to be here. And um, you know, but uh, he's what, what we call him. He's, he's um. He's, he was being, he was being a little bit zealous, zealous man, zealous man. <laughs> but you know what? Having said that, um, he, he ended up scoring a goal. I thought it was, in many ways, the better, best one of the four. Yeah, it was, it was, it was impudent almost. But um, yeah, he got a little bit lucky there. But I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Slava and uh, Scotty Parker will have said something to him. You know, like, hey, watch it. You know, dot, dot your T's and cross, uh, dot your eyes and cross your T's. And um, no silly stuff because we can't afford in a division like this to, to be down to 10 men. We can get away with it in the championship against you know, teams like Ipswich and Reading, but not in this division. Yeah, and that's the concern. And uh, hopefully he'll learn from that because that could have been a red. And that was my concern when I watched it back. I've, I've seen that called the red. So yeah. I think uh, Fulham were fortunate there as we're talking about. All right, let's move on. And Fulham... We're definitely looking for that fourth goal. You have the opportunity in the 73rd minute. It's a pass from Mensa that just misses Mitro. And then you have the injury, and we have to mention this to Tom Kenny. Let's hope he's okay. And uh, I, I believe uh, Savisa talked about this in his presser. He's hoping that he'll be available for the bright match. Let's hope that he's okay, but he comes off injured and Agisa comes on. And now let's go to the goal, Emil. I'll give you the honest here. Starts off with a, a shot from Mitro that hits the post, gets to Sherla, and he does the rest. Thoughts on the goal here? That made it four to two. Basically, put the match away. I just think it was the composure from you know the way he finished. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the automatic reaction would have been just just shoot it first time. But no, he had enough confidence, composure to just take a step away. First touch, get him, and then shoot to the bottom corner. You know, that just shows a guy who's got confidence. And he was determined to score. I said a few minutes ago, he was determined to score yesterday at all costs, whether it was going to be a handball, uh, whatever. He wanted He was, He was. wanted to score yesterday. He had, I think, 11 shots on goal yesterday. That's the most yes, 11. of any player in the Premier League this season, I think, to, to quote a fact. So, you know, at the end of the day, fully fully deserved. He ran his socks off the whole game. The finish was top draw, you know, very confident finish. And a long way that continued, but... Look at this against Crystal Palace. His debut—he had—he was our best player in the first 30, 35 minutes. You know, a little bit quiet in the second half against Tottenham. You know, tactical decision—he was on the bench. He wasn't dropped. It was tactical decision right. that that wasn't the right play, the right pitch, and maybe the right game for him to play against. So, great play. We've got him on a two-year loan, but he won't be playing 100% of games if he's fully fit. Uh, but when he does come, and he made—he made a difference. Him, Vieto, Mitrovic, them three. Jesus, yesterday they were great. For any defence. Yes. But, you know, but let's, on the flip side, when you have that many shots on target, that many shots on goal, you know, do we need to be more clinical? You know, Joe Hart made some good saves. You know, there was one, I think he, he I think it was Mitrovic shot that, or was it Sherlock? I can't remember the top of my head where you know, Joe Hart saved it with his legs. Good save. Yes. Uh, so, you know, some, you know, we hit the bar, Mitrovic hitting the post. So, on another day, we should have scored seven or eight. Is that because... Burnley rode their luck, or were we not as clinical as it could be? So, just a talking point there as well. Now, you're not going to have Still 20 need to be more shots. clinical after four goals. It's a good no. point, though. They could have no. scored more, Emilio, and against, I guess you could say, a top six team, that, that could be the difference. And yeah, you won't um, get 20 shots on against a top no, six you're not. team. So, um, you're not. You're not. It's a, it's a great point. And let's just mention one more time that the goal happened in the 83rd minute. 
All right, and then after that, we have other opportunities. We're talking in the 87th minute, you have the shot by Anguisa. That's followed up by another one right after that. You have the shot by Vieto in the 88th minute. And uh, Fulham see this match out and win it 4-2. to two. And, uh, Emil, just, just your thoughts right after the match. Yeah, you know, because it's the first, you know, first win of the season, I'm not going to get too despondent. You know, they, you know, we've talked about some of the areas of improvement defensively as a minimum, but you know, at the same time, we've got, you know, we we have to be more clinical. We've got maybe just have a little bit more composure in front of goal. Sometimes, you know, when you sort of, you know, a bit too energetic, you're a bit too overly keen. Sometimes you're not as composed in front of goal. Or not, but you know, Burnley rode their luck. You know. Keeper made some good saves. At the same time, maybe we needed to be a little bit more lethal in front of goal and maybe buried some of those chances. But I'm not going to complain. It's we've got four goals against a team that finished seventh um, last season. You know, we've got three points on the board. You know, if, you know, I'll, I'll take that. And let's just go on to Brighton, where we will certainly get less chances. That's for sure. A because we're away from home, and B Brighton won't allow us to play that. You know, give us that many chances. And Brighton, you could argue, more organised. Look, you know, they've played, they've played two of the top teams and beat Man United and narrowly lost to Liverpool. So they, they on paper, look like they've progressed. So next weekend's game will be tough. But, you know, we shouldn't complain. Winning 4-2 against the top 17 from last season, you know, let's just let's just move forward and continue to improve week on week. That's all we can do. Absolutely. And, uh, Giannis, we could have won by more, but I'm nitpicking here because it's still 4-2 against Burnley, who were seventh last season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Uh... We'd certainly have taken four to four two before the game, <coughs> and and and, and the, I think the best thing about it is not only did we play well and score quality goals, but we were also points of concern, and um, and that's the thing that Slava will hold his head on. You know, yeah, we got the win, but now we need to move forward, and um, the Exeter game tomorrow I think comes at a very good time, because there are going to be a lot of players, very hungry players that all want to put a shift in. Cess, for example, will be desperate to get on the scoreline tomorrow night. I guarantee you that, and. Um, it gives them, you know, a few practices to get ready for Brighton and, and, and for people to put in their, you know, put in the work rate required to, to, to gain the favour of uh, Slava to pick them. This is this is super, you know. I mean, it, it, I'm thinking of people like Stefan Johansson, <laughs> who must be absolutely chomping at the bit right now to get out there and, uh, um, you know, foul people or do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love him. I love him to death because he does just crazy things. But I mean, this is great. This is the sort of competition that you need. Yes. And um, I know that, um, you know, the best coaches like, I mean, the, the number one coach at the moment in the world is, to me is Pep Guardiola and very closely followed by Diego Simeone. Simeone um, intrigues me because he's someone who doesn't have the same pay scale and resources, obviously, than the big cousins down the road. But but in terms of his his, um, his drive, he, he manages like he, he played. He had this incredible drive as a, as a central midfielder, and he's got an incredible drive, and he's got him into a lot of trouble, unfortunately. But right. um, he, he demands a lot of his players, and and although Slava is not showy like that, I think in, in inwardly he's just as demanding of the players, and they now know from that lineup that he put out on Saturday exactly who the boss is, and right. that if you don't put a shift in, you, you know you can sit your ass on the bench, or better still be watching from the stands. So he will. Um, He's certainly not a complacent man. And, um, you know, as well as we played at times, there's some talking points that weren't so good. And I know he'll have them ready for the next couple of games. And um, I'm actually really looking forward to tomorrow night's game because I'm expecting a very strong lineup. And I, I, I suspect that with the squad we've got now, he will take this, cu- this cup very seriously. And uh, it's about time um, we did. It'd be nice to go on a really nice cup run, even if it is the Karaboo Cup. Um, and, they all count, uh, though. They all count. They do. Yes, they, well, they do. They do. It's, it's not the um, it's not the Watney Cup, um, <laughs> or the Texaco, or, or even the Anglo-Scottish Cup. Now we're going many, many years okay. back. Okay. Yes, but nonetheless, I yep. mean, you know, it's um, it's. I see these minor cups as an opportunity to 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 show young blood and give players on the peripheral of the squad a chance to to to, to state their claim. Okay. Very good. There's one other thing as well we haven't talked about as well is sure. do we need to, Toughen up a little bit. By that I mean there was there was an in, there was a couple of incidents. I know you mentioned Stefan Johansson. Who who's that person in the team at the moment who will not say make those cynical fouls, but do the unprofessional thing for the interest of the protecting your lead or protecting the team? 
Maybe McDonald. James, James Tarkovsky, you know, cynical yeah. fan. He got a yellow card yesterday, if you recall, yeah. if you recall that. There was an incident in the second half where Burnley were attacking, trying to get an equaliser, and they they were able to run through the centre of our you know of our of defence midfield comfortably because nobody was prepared to go in and make a tackle in the Stefan Johansson's Championship style format. So, just something else we need to be mindful of. You know, I'm not saying we want to change the way our style of football. Far from it. But all I'm trying to say is at times we need to be a little bit tougher and 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 physically stronger. And you know you know you know we can't be the seen to be the pretty. Pretty team, always playing beautiful football. You know, good you know, possession rates. Sometimes you have to rough it up and be a little bit ugly at times in, to in, to protect your team. And maybe we just need to be, be thinking about that in the background as well. That's okay. something that Steph Joe's very good at. I mean, he, he's he's a he's an enforcer that um, he doesn't he doesn't mess about. And it is interesting, and it is a bit of a conundrum for Slavisha because I think Angisa can fill that a kind a kind of role because he's a big boy, but but. Um, Steph Joe's a cheeky little monkey, um, and he'll he'll um, he'll take liberties with players, and he'll get he gets under players' skins as well. And I don't think that's a bad thing. We don't really have anybody there that can instigate and upset opponents. We're yeah. we are a pleasant team, and um, you know he's not figured yet this season. But I think but we're going to need him. We're going to need him, and not least which not just championship experience. Remember, he's an experienced uh, Norwegian international, and he's <laughs> you know he he's, he's played at the highest level, so. Um, I think there's a big role for him in this team. It's gonna. I think when the, the grounds start getting heavier and the weather starts getting more inclement, I think we can uh, maybe start to utilise him because he can he can put some 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 nice little challenges in so we can all have a laugh. Um, <laughs> I hope he plays tomorrow night though. Okay, excellent. All right, guys. Just for time's sake, we are going to go past stat attack. I, I like to usually mention stats, but uh, just. For time reasons, we're going to go right to the Friends of Fall Man of the Match poll because I think it's uh, interesting. But I'll just mention just real quick some stats because they are fascinating. Possession was 64 to 36% in favor of Fulham. Total shots, as we've been talking about, huge amount, 25 to 12 in favor of Fulham. And on target, 12 to 2 in favor of Fulham. Those are the stats I just want to mention because I think they stand out a great deal. But let's go to the Friends of Phone poll. It's still going as we are recording. It has a 469 votes for Man of the Match. Currently, Mitrovic is in the lead with 210 votes at 44.8%, followed by Sherla at 153 votes at 32.6%. The next person would be Seri with 48 votes. That's 10.2%. I'm just going to read a couple comments because there are several. And let's start with Steve. This is on the Friends of Fulham poll. Very interesting. This is what Steve said. Mitrovic for me. Southwest 6 says, everyone really impressed today. Tough one between Mitro, Sherla, and Seri. Really proud of the lads today. So Southwest 6 could not really make a decision. El Grino says, Sherla by country mile. Barry P. Tough call between Sherla and Mitro, but I'm giving it to Sherla by a nose. Tabby says, one for Shirley, even between him and Mitro, but he was immense today. Should probably have more than a goal, though, okay? And uh, Lyle from Hanglin says, Shirley, I think, could be split with Mitro, but Shirley was all over the place today. Great effort. All right, guys, that's just the poll as it's currently running. And just some comments. Emilio, your thoughts? Um, that's consistent with what I said yesterday. You know, my man the match. You know, after we did the full time show, was Mitrovic uh, with with Sherla close second. So nothing's made me change my mind after watching the game again. I thought Vieto, we haven't mentioned today, but I thought you know first half, you know he didn't. I wouldn't say didn't do much. I probably difficult to find how do I phrase this. He he didn't. Other than the two assists, didn't do much. Now if he if a player gives you score, creates two assists and scores goals, normally that's a, that's a compliment. But right. his overall play could have been better. You know, other than those two assists, but second half he. He started dominating. You know, this is a player to watch as well. You know, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm excited by this guy. You know, this guy's his good, good, good crossing ability, looking dangerous. You know, quick, good movement on the break. He's he's a threat. If he can improve his final ball and maybe just you know be a little bit more sharper when it comes to defending, then this is a, a, a player we haven't talked about today. But we need to keep an eye on this guy because I, I like the look of what I saw yesterday. But but those 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 uh those results on friends are full of no you know similar to what I said yesterday. So nothing's made me change my view. Mitrovic still man of the match for me. 
he's my man of the match as well. Giannis, over to you. Your thoughts on the poll. And, and actually, I'm glad that Emilio brought up Vieta. We have not talked about him, but he stood out for me. Good analysis from Emilio as the match went on. He got stronger and stronger and was more influential. So share your thoughts on uh, the Friends of Fulham poll and what we're talking about here. Yeah, Vieta I thought was very good. But Mitra for me was the man of the match because Mitra to me was the focal point of everything we did yesterday. I mean, Scherler's, you know, Scherler's the supporting cast and, you know, 11 shots. Great. 11 shots. Think about that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Super goal. But Mitra really, he frightens defenders and he's taking two, three defenders for a ride. They might as well call him Mitra Donkey because he's, going, he's, he's running across the beach and he's, he's having a lot of fun in the sand. And these poor defenders are battered and bruised by the end yep. of the 90 minutes. He, he was outstanding yesterday. And, and I, just, I, I can't help but laugh at Newcastle fans moaning and groaning. Like, really? You know, this is a guy who's 23 years old. Let's not forget this. He's 23 yep. years of age. He's probably five, six years off his peak. And he's still, bulk- he's still building in that body as well. And he's frightening the bejeevers out of defenders. And having the sort of midfield that we've got and him making the runs that he does and his first touch, which I think has improved um, since we got him last year. Again, yesterday, really, everything seemed to go through him. He was, I thought he was fabulous. Um, so for me, it was, to me, one was Mitro, two was Scherler, but very closely followed by Vieta. Vieta, I thought, was very good yesterday. Okay, very good there. All right. Guys, to wrap it up real quick, let's give a rating for Savisa. We talked about the starting 11 and our thoughts on that. So, Emilio, to you, from 1 to 10, give a rating for the Fulham head coach here. Um, I think I'm going to give him 9 out of 10. You know, he had the balls to make the changes. You know, you know, we saw the comments before the game, a lot, lot of eyebrows raised, question marks, etc. But at the end of the day, he got the result. You know, yeah. he, he, you know he... He can't be blamed for the mistakes for the goals. You know, that they're both both mistakes by our defence. So yes. at the end of the day, that's just something he needs to address on the training grounds from tomorrow, no doubt. But overall, you know, he did a great job. A couple of substitutions. There was a little bit of criticism from some of the fans around me that when when Chambers came on, you know, saying a little bit negative, yep. I actually we need Chambers deserved to get dropped because he had an awful game against Tottenham. But at the same time, you know, when you're three two up and you're trying to protect your team, you you reinforce defensively, don't you? I think, you know, so you know, that, that I'll give him some credit for the fact that he sort of made some tactical defensive changes to, in the interest of trying to protect the team and the three-two lead whilst whilst we're still trying to seek that fourth goal. So overall, did the right, made the right substitutions. You know, decision obviously to make those changes paid off in the long run. We got the four-two win. So yeah, well done, Yukanovic. But Burnley, Brighton away will be a different ball game. So, so let's see how he uh, how how he responds to that. But it's you know. Let's play well against Exeter tomorrow. We'll have a different standing eleven, like Yanis said tomorrow. But <laughs> it's all about confidence. You know, wins yep. give you confidence. Confidence gives you good performances, and that. we can keep playing on and picking up points. Very good point there, my friend. So you give him a nine out of ten. Yanis, to you. No, I got to give him a nine. I mean, it was um, the decisions were brave uh, in terms of the lineup. The approach was gutsy. It was open, open-ended game. It was entertaining. We created lots of chances. I mean, that's right. You know, you can, you know, the, the players still have to do the job when they cross the white line. But um, you know, he got everything right, and he said everything right in the post-match conference as well. And um, you know, it 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 will uh, be buoyed by this, but you'll know there's still work to be done. And um, he probably knew before Saturday, uh, yesterday's game who the lineup's going to be for Tuesday night. Um, but I, I think it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow, but I think we should have a very strong lineup out. And um, looking forward to see how we do that. Okay, very good. Great show, guys. Fantastic show. I've enjoyed oh. this. I've enjoyed the Giannis, welcome back. I know you've been gone for a little bit. Thank you for joining. Well, I mean, but I still don't have a job. <laughs> Mr. Donnello, you were fantastic last night. Thank you again for joining us tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks okay. for <laughs> All right, guys. Let's wrap this up for another excellent episode of Cottage Talk. For my co-host, Emilio Donnello and Jan Janais, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.